what's up you guys i'm angel the stranger and welcome to my podcast the stranger sessions real quick before we start i just wanted to make sure you guys know that you have the freedom to have your own opinions and convictions i'm just here to share what i believe what i've learned and what i've found in the bible if you could please leave me a review on apple podcasts and if you'd like to contact me head over to my website thestrangersessions.com I post every Wednesday at 12 p.m. on my podcast and whenever I feel like it on my website. But there's a lot of posts on there, so go check that out. Um, Otherwise, live differently and enjoy another session. Hello, friends, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Angel the Stranger. And today, I'm going to be doing the podcast with a British accent. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't know. I don't even know if that was a British accent or if that was an Australian accent. I could never... I'm pretty... I I try to pretend that I can tell the difference between the two. And sometimes I think I can. But, like, when I do an accent, maybe it was actually, like, a South African accent. Wait, is it South Africa? No, no, no. It was North Africa. Is it North Africa? Yeah, it is. Did you know North Africans have, like... Like, accents that sound like British accents or, like... Australian. Okay, that's not the point of this podcast. You know, it doesn't even matter. Okay. Um, so, I just made my volume on my phone louder because I thought I was talking too quiet. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's how bright I am. That's really how bright I am. I'm just like a... Anyway. So, today, the subject of the podcast is little things. And also, if you heard a little squeak just now, my dog had puppies! (laughs) They're little poodle doodles, and they're so cute. They're little tan ones because my my the boy dog is black, and so the girl dog is like a uh, apricot poodle, and they're mini poodles. Oh, did you hear that? He's crying. Anyway, um, and all the other times she had puppies, they're all black with like maybe uh, apricot colored eyebrow. But these two, this time they're born today. They're, like, apricot-colored, and they're so cute. Anyway. Yeah. Should I unplug this? I don't know. Uh-huh. I unplugged it. It's my sister's fish tank. And also, I'm sitting on the floor, because that's how professional I am. And my phone is also at, like, 12%. Anyway. So, everything's going awesome today. Um, yeah. The part... The part... Blah, 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 the subject of this podcast uh session is little things um i already said that but anyway it's little things because i'm gonna be talking about like lately i've been doing a lot on like the lukewarm christian subject and stuff like that and today today that's kind of i'm still doing that subject i'm not sure when i'm gonna stop i don't know it doesn't really matter i don't think i'm just kind of going with it as far as it's right now is concerned. Um, but little things, a lot of people tend to, uh, you know, what's it called? Give in. Compromise, compromise the word, uh, compromise in little things, you know, a little thing there, a little thing here, but when does it end? And today we have a very good example, um, from the Bible about this okay yeah my phone is at 21 percent. isn't that great it's really great um yeah fine low power mode whatever 
Um, we're gonna be in Second Tim Timothy, sorry, Second Samuel, Second Book of Samuel, chapters eleven and twelve. I'm not gonna read the entire chapter. Well, maybe they, I don't know. We'll see. We'll, I have it written down. But I'm, not, I'm just saying I'm not going to read these whole things right now. Um, so, we'll just dive right in. Um, 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1. It happened in the spring of the year, at the time when the kings go out to battle, that David sent Job and his servants with him and on, on all Israel, and they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David remained at Jerusalem. Um, really quick, my youth leader was talking about this with me. And she was saying, like, he compromised by staying in Jerusalem. And I'm not really sure if that was, like, a sin. She didn't really, we didn't really talk about that. She just mentioned that, and I was curious about it. So I don't know if, like, the fact that David remained at Jerusalem, if that was, like, a part of the sin that, he, like, if he had gone he wouldn't have gotten himself in this mess. But it, was it a sin just to stay in Jerusalem? I don't know. Um, but it says at the time when the kings go out to battle. And at this point, David was king of, of, of Jerusalem? I'm getting there. Right now, in my personal Bible study, I'm still in 1 Samuel. So I'm still getting to um, when David is actually anointed king and stuff. So, I don't know if it was a sin for him to um, stay in Jerusalem, but if he had gone, uh, none of this would have happened. So, verse 2, Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house, and from the roof he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful to behold. So, he notices this lady from his roof, um, like, bathing. And back in the old days, like, people lived on the roofs and stuff, um, and I guess she was probably bathing on her own roof. And so he saw her. But the the thing here is that it says he saw a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful to behold. Which I feel like that interprets to like the fact that he didn't just notice her. But he actually like continued to look at her. Which was a sin. He should have run. Uh, what is what I like wrote down here is like he should have run. He should have noticed her and been like oh man. And like hightailed it back inside the house and like closed the curtains because no but he was like oh man she's like hot you know that kind of thing and that's just dangerous right there um james four james one james the book of james verse one i mean chapter one verse twelve Let's see. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. So, blessed is the person who, like, endures temptation, doesn't fall. He will receive the crown of life. So, like, it's... We should endure temptation and not just, like, fall into it. Obviously, that's easier to say than to do oftentimes, but... um. And later in James chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So if you resist the can't speak, resist the devil, he will flee from you because he has no power of you, like, when you, like, resist him and have God on your side and stuff. Obviously, it will fall at one point, at points in our life, but, like, 
what I'm saying here is like David should have resisted the temptation and hightailed yeah hightailed it back inside back inside the house and just like oh man so um he compromised in this little thing like oh what if she's single and like oh she's so beautiful you know that kind of thing just like he compromised and he that little thing instead of just like running back inside the house he compromised so let's see where that little little thing leads him right where does it end? Where does it end? Um, so then David asks who she is. Let's see. Verse 3. So David sent and inquired about the woman, and someone said, Is this not Bathsheba, the da daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Um, and they tell him that she is his soldier's wife. He is the wife of one of his awesome soldiers. And again, he should have run. He should have not like literally run. Well, yes, but like he shouldn't. She belongs to someone else. She is married. She is one with another man. And so she is not available. And so he should have like, okay, okay. You know, just ended right there, resisted that temptation. But he gives in again because... Every time you give in to something little, it'll get a, a little bigger and a little bigger and a little bigger. And before you know it, verse 4. Then David sent messengers and took her, and she came to him, and he lay with her, for she was cleansed for her, from her impurity, and she returned to her house. So, yeah. That was not the plan, but uh, he compromised, and he gave in a little and a little and a little more. Um, and there you go. You have a problem now. Uh, but this problem, let's, where will the, where will they take it next? Because the first little thing led, led to a sin. Now, like, where does that sin lead to the next sin? Um, we'll see. Let's see. Verse 5. Um, and the woman conceived, so she was pregnant. So she sent and told David and said, I'm with child. Then David said to Job, saying, Sent Joab. Job was like his, some kind of warrior guy that she, that he had. <laughs> I'm super smart, you guys. Super smart. I know exactly who Joab is. Eh, we'll see. Um, and Job, oh, he said, the day, blah, blah. then David sent to Joab, saying, Send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. When Uriah had come to him, David asked how Job was doing, and how the people were doing, and how the war prospered. And David said to Uriah, Go down to your house and wash your feet. So Uriah departed from the king's house, and gift, a gift of food from the king followed him. But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his lord, and did not go to the down to his house. And I'm going to pause really quick right there. Um... If you don't know, but David's trying to cover up his sin. He's like, this lady who's not my wife is pregnant with my kid. Um, and this is bad. <laughs> That's not good. Because he, um, that lady, Bathsheba, her husband is out fighting war over there for David and for his kingdom. And and so David's like, man, this, kid, this guy's going to come back home if he does. And he's going to be like, what? 
I, I wasn't home. How do you have a child? And so obviously, you know, this and that and this and more. And Summer is gonna, you know, David freaks out and he's like, oh man, okay. And so he sends for Uriah to come to his house or whatever, or his palace or whatever. And he's like, asking about the war and how things are going and then he's like okay here you go you go home and take take a little break you know hang out with your wife maybe you know you know and uh but Uriah is like a faithful warrior and he's like and he's he went outside and and well he did what the king said but he did not go home he went and slept um with the rest of the soldiers I guess um and he did not go down to his house so um Verse 10, so when they told David, saying, Uriah did not go down to his house, David said to Uriah, did you not come from a journey? Why did you not go down to your house? And Uriah said to David, the ark and Israel and Judah are dwelling in tents, and my lord Joab and the servants of my lord are encamped in the open fields. Shall I then go to my house to eat and drink and to lie with my wife? As you live, as your soul lives, I will not do this thing. So he's like, all my soldiers and all my people, they're all out in tents in the field and like, you know, they're all out there. You think I'm going to go home and, like, hang out with my wife and stuff like that? No, sir. I'm going to go and be with my people. Um, because he's faithful to his fellow soldiers and stuff. So, um, he's trying to cover it up. Oh, one more verse. Then David said to Uriah, Wait here today also, and tomorrow I will let you depart. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day and the next so, um, yeah, he's trying to cover up his sin now. Um, and just want to say, uh, covering your sins will never work. That's not how the Bible goes about it. Uh, James 5.16, we're going back to James. We're going back to James. <clears throat> James 5.16 says, Confess your trespasses one to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So, um, confess your sins. Confess your sins. That's how you go about it. When you sin, you confess your sins and ask for forgiveness. You do not cover it up. That's not how it works. That's not going to work. It just doesn't. Like, I don't think I've ever heard of a story where covering up your sins, like, worked in the end. Maybe, like, right now you think it's working all right. Like, um, this just came to my mind. I was listening to a testimony of, uh, this one guy from a different podcast. The podcast name is Teen Insider. Um, and the kid, well, he was a kid at the time when he, he was telling a story about when he was a kid. And he said that he was, uh, I, well, he was addicted to porn. And so, um, he wouldn't tell anybody because, first of all, that's embarrassing, right? Like, when you sin, it's embarrassing. You don't want anybody to know. And you feel like it's just better if you keep it to yourself and, like, you deal with it yourself. And so for, like, four years, three years, I don't remember how, a long time, he kept that to himself. And, and it got worse and worse. And and at one point, he just, he would cry, he said. He would cry because he couldn't, he that because he knew it was wrong. But the but then he would go and watch it more because that was the only thing that could make him feel better. And so, that just, like, the sin, he was just stuck. It, it was stuck, and he could not get out on his own. And he said that, yeah, he just couldn't. And so, like, when you when you sin and cover it up and keep your tell, to yourself, that's, like, just stepping down the ladder more and deeper, deeper into the, into the pit. Like, you need somebody else to help you out. 
of that slippery hole. Even though it's, like, really hard to tell people that you're, like, struggling with something, like, especially with, like, something like porn, like, that's embarrassing. Like, you don't want to be that one person. But you're not the only person. Everybody... Actually, there was a verse. I should have brought it up, but it says that there's nothing... Nothing... No new sin under the sun. Like, there's no new sin that you could come up with. If you're struggling with something, that means that somebody else has struggled with it as well. Or or is maybe struggling with it, like, right now or today. Maybe even I'm struggling with something uh, that you're struggling with as well. So, um, the way to go about it is to confess. Like, he was saying, he was like, if you don't do it today, like... It's just going to get worse. So the the faster you get it done, the more quickly you can be on your path to um, get better or to turn around and go a different way. So if, like, David confessed it, confessed it. English is really easy. <laughs> okay. Um, if David had confessed to, like, Uriah and to, like, God that he, like, God knew that he did it, but... David wasn't asking for forgiveness. If he had, like, confessed, then, like, things could have... Even though Uriah probably would have been hurt that that happened with his wife and, and like, that David did that to his wife. And, like, you know, it would not have went sat well with Uriah, I don't think. But it ends worse because David did not. Like, even though it would have been bad if David confessed to sin... It got worse because he did not. So let's read this. Um. Oh, I was gonna write. I wrote this down. I said, um, "Covering your up your sins will never work." Well, first of all, that's not that's not even God's plan. That's not God's way. If you sin, you confess it and you get forgiveness and you have peace because you have mercy. That God has mercy on you for that. Um. Um. But. Covering up your sin only leads to you being miserable and self-conscious and insecure, uh, guilty, unhappy, and it only leads to more sin. Um, I wanted to read this because I've seen this in somebody recently, and I was just like, man, this is so true. Because when you're involved in something that you personally know is wrong, you have that on your heart. Especially if you're a Christian, more likely because you're a Christian. My pastor has been saying this, he's like... Um, like, the prodigal son, he, like, was out. He, he left his dad's house, and, and he was, like, gone for a while. Um, and in the end, he ended up in the pig pen. But he was miserable, because he was, I get I think he was a Christian. But anyway, what, my dad, my bad, my dad. <laughs> my dad. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> my pastor was saying that, as a as a Christian, like, it's that we, if we do sin, we're going to be miserable in it. We're going to be miserable and we, we're going we're gonna to need out. But as a non-Christian, you don't know anything else. And so that's like, it makes you, that's, they enjoy sinning because they don't know anything else. But for us Christians, we are miserable in our sin. We are miserable um, that we are sinning and... Like that guy, he wanted to commit suicide because he had been addicted to porn and he didn't know how to stop. So he thought that the only way to stop would be to commit suicide. And that's not how it went. And so as soon as he confessed, like to his parents, I think it was his parents, um, 
and now he's porn free, or if that's the term. <laughs> anyway, but he's better now instead of dead the way he was planning to do it when he was in that sin. Um, but the Proverbs 28 verse 1 says, The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. And the point of this is that, like, even if nobody knows about your sin, or, like, nobody is, like, accusing you of your sin, you're running anyway. Like, you have that in your heart where you feel like somebody's mad at you, or, like, somebody's gonna catch you, or, like, when... I I know this because I've had it before where your parent will call your name, like, uh, Angela, whatever, um, and you just feel like... <gasps> Oh no, like, did they find out about this? Or like, oh man, what are they going to say to me? And currently, praise the Lord, I don't have that. Like, I don't have anything that's like making me feel like that. So it's really great. And I really, really encourage you to find that freedom where like your parent can call your name and you don't suddenly feel like, oh no, you know, that kind of feeling. Like you can just be like, like today I think that happened where my dad called me and I was like, I don't know, for some reason I got that feeling and then I thought about it and I was like, I don't have anything to hide. Like, I haven't done anything that, why do I feel like, so I came out there, I'm like, yeah, what's up? And so, yeah, it's interesting because sometimes I do get that feeling where it's like, oh no, but then I'm like, I haven't done anything that, like, I don't know of anything that I would be ashamed of him finding out of at this moment in time, you know, like, and I, tr you know. It maybe you understand, but like, I just encourage you to find that freedom of like being honest with your parents, especially, and um, just being open with them, even about your flaws, because you don't have to pretend that you're perfect for them if you have like parents that who understand like that. Like, you don't have to pretend to be perfect because they're. Like, my parents, like, they know that I'm not going to be perfect. And I have things that I'm, I do because that's my weakness and, and, you know. And so, they don't need me to be perfect. And I can be open and clear with them so that they can help me um, walk in this life. Because you can't do it by yourself. You're going to fall. Um, but also, I have God to help me, and it's it's great. Um where am I going with this? I don't even know. Second Timothy 2.16 says, But shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness. So, even Timothy says that if you make a little, um, you compromise in little, little things like uh, vain or profane words, like, that's just going to lead to more ungodliness. And I've seen it happen. I've seen it with my own two eyes see that happen, um, and it's really sad, because I hate it, I hate it, um, anyway, so let's go back to 2 Samuel, and see what David does next, does he confess? No spoiler, he does not, and it goes badly, so verses 14 through 17, In the morning it happened that David wrote a letter to Job and sent it by the hand of Uriah. And he wrote in the letter saying, Set to Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle and retreat from him that he may be struck down and die. 
So it was, while Job besieged the city, that he assigned Uriah to a place where he knew that there were valiant men. Then the men of the city came out and fought with Job, and some of the people of the servants of David fell, and Uriah the Hittite died also. So I feel like um, Uriah would have preferred that David just told him that he had, like, sinned and had his wife cheat on him than, like, die. Like, be betrayed by his own fellow soldiers and and like captain and then like by his own the king that he was fighting for like how much worse is that so instead of hum humbling himself and like confessing and repenting and being like man i really messed up uh david desperate in like i guess i feel like when i read this i felt like he freaked out and was like <gasps> okay and he just like kills the man for fear because he because he didn't want the man to find out about what he did um and because he tried covering up his sin instead of confessing and and asking for forgiveness and just starting again um he goes deeper in and because of his sin he hurt himself and he hurt the people around him and then he displeased the lord it says in verse and for some reason, I'm seeing Graveyard by Halsey. Oh, because I keep digging myself down deeper. Okay. Verse 27. And when her mourning was over. Oh. Okay. Uh, verse 26. When the wife of Uriah heard that Uriah, her husband, was dead, she mourned for her husband. And when her mourning was over, David sent and brought her to his house. And she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. So he hurt... Bathsheba by her like by taking away her husband and killing him because of the sin um and he hurt himself and you'll see how he hurt himself in a minute um and he uh hurt Uriah he killed Uriah he hurt um well he displeased God and then in the so like why didn't why didn't he just run in the very beginning if he had just run away from that first little thing that he gave into none of this big mess would have happened um chapter 12 verses 7 through 9 god was talking to david and he was like through the prophet nathan and it says then nathan said to david you are the man thus says the lord god of israel i anointed you king over israel and i delivered you from the hand of saul i gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your keeping and gave you the house of israel and judah and if that had been too little i would have given you much more i also would have given you much more why have you despised the commitment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? You have killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword. You have taken his wife to be your wife and have killed him with the sword of the people of Ammon. And then in verse... Um, 14 says, However, because by this deed you have given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme... The child also who is born to you shall surely die. So, lastly, we don't know. I don't. I don't know who else like this sin affected. Like probably Job and and the soldiers that were like David betrayed, or they betrayed. Like yeah, you know, it just like trust issues now, and like hearing that he did this, and then lastly the baby the baby died and so 
that was because of David, not because of anything the baby had done. And so he just hurt a lot of people. A lot of bad things happened just because he had not run in the very beginning. Little things lead to big, bigger and bigger things. Um, and I have a note here. It says little things... Oh, sorry. If you don't obey the Lord in little things, like obeying your parents and show, shining your light while you're young, why would you obey in the big things, like having sex before marriage or living a life that's totally unpleasing to the Lord? So, like, if you don't obey in just, like, simple things, why would you obey in complex things? It's like almost like if you couldn't do 2 plus 2, if you just mess up on those things and don't, like, learn how to do those right, like, how are you going to do an algebra equation? Because you have to. Don't tell me you're going to use a calculator. Because that's. That doesn't always work. <laughs> you can't just type in an entire equation into the. But you see what I'm saying. Like you need to obey in little things. Little things are very important. Um, and this last passage. That I feel like God just led me to say today. Because I was looking for a passage to read. And I was like I don't know. I don't know where I should find it. Like sometimes I, I know what I want to do my podcast session on. But I don't really know which verses I could use. So I just went to like Galatians. Where my pastor has been teaching. And like God was like here you go. And I was like oh thanks awesome. So um, Galatians 6. Chapter 6 verses 7 through 10. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for whatever a man sows that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will the Spirit reap everlasting life. Just hold on, I'll explain this in a minute. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due seasons we will reap if you, we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. So, I'm just going to backtrack and, like, explain this. So, verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. So, do you, do you know what sowing and reaping is? So, it's like, sowing is when you plant the seed in the ground. And then, reaping is, like, when you harvest the things that you planted. Um, so, if you plant little seeds of disobedience and sin, you will grow huge trees or plants of sin and disobedience, like... God is not mocked. Like, God is not, I guess, dumb. I feel like that's not... I feel like that's kind of what the, he's saying here. Like, God is not... Okay, you cannot mock the justice of God, is what NLT says. So, like, you can't plant a cucumber seed and expect to get... Not that cucumbers are bad, but I'm just saying you can't plant a cucumber seed and expect to get, like, a palm tree. That that would be strange. And, you know, that's not how it works. Just not how it works. So if you're planting little seeds by compromising in little things, you're going to grow big things that are of those seeds. Um, verse 8. For he who sows to his flesh will the flesh of the flesh... Okay. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. So if you're if you're currently planting little seeds um of like God's what God's will is like in obeying in the little things and and choosing right and enduring temptation like you're going to grow big awesome trees of obedience and and walking with God um that can 
eventually be really big landmarks to uh, show others like the way right um and let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season we will reap if we do not lose heart so don't like lose heart don't get tired um of doing good don't like let your eyes be blinded by thinking that unbelievers have it better and like the closer you get to that line between the world and us um is the happier you're gonna be i guess um and i have to say i have to say something about that um I don't know. I guess I'll say it now. But on Sunday, I was at youth group, and we were talking about it, and we're like, wow. One of Somebody brought this up. I think it was, yeah, it doesn't matter. But um, he was like, yeah, for us right now, like, we're waiting to go to heaven, right? And so right now, we're just waiting through this life. But for unbelievers right now, this is their heaven. This is their heaven because they're going to be in hell. So right now is their heaven. And that's why they're living to the, the flesh and trying to, you know, YOLO. That you only live once. You only live once. And so, like, live up, like, party up, that kind of thinking. And, like, um, trying to live for your pleasure and happiness. Like, that's because this is their heaven. But right now... This is our hell. <laughs> this is our hell. So we're just waiting to go to heaven so that things will be awesome there. And I'm just so excited. But I thought that was amazing that he was just like, this is our hell. And I was like, okay, I could do it. I could do this hell as long as God is with me. I can't do it on my own strength, but I could do this. You know, just like if God is with me, just don't forget that part. <laughs> um, Verse 10, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are the household of faith. So my last note was like, you cannot plant a dandelion seed and get a rose bush. You will eventually get a field full of weeds. Even though like dandelions look pretty, like because they're yellow and stuff. Um, and then they like let off those little fuzzies that you can blow and make wishes on or whatever. <laughs> um like, they're weeds, and they, like, choke the good stuff out of the field and, like, hug the water or something. So, what I'm saying is, like, yeah. So, obeying in the little things is really important. Um, and, yeah. That's my message for today. Um, I wrote out a new song. It's called In the World, and... I'm kind of excited about it and I wrote a post on it and I read it today and I like accidentally made a bunch of mistakes in the post and it was pretty funny because I wrote like instead of instead of writing purpose I said purpose yeah so that's funny anyway I gotta go because I'm already five minutes over um actually four minutes at this point anyway so yeah little things are important um continue shining your lights you guys thank you for listening if you want to uh, check out my post on my song and see where I wrote that that word wrong, you can go and check it out at thestrangersessions.com. Um, and as always, live differently and peace out.